Last week we had our Easter celebration. We have some pictures on the screen from, from our family day. This is what I love. We had record attendance and all of that. It was absolutely phenomenal. We stuffed 384 people into this building last week. It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. That, that number's cool, um, but, but here, here's the better numbers. The better numbers are this. That we know of, we had at least 12 salvations last week. That's something to get excited about. And, and to date... To date, we have 15 people signed up for baptisms, which are next week. So go ahead and throw that slide on the screen as well. So, so baptisms next week, you can still get involved in it. You can still sign up for it. If you've never been baptized or maybe you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, take a look at the, the screen where it says baptisms, and you can scan that QR code. Um, and then ba basically we'll get you signed up, and we'll make sure you have everything that you need. So we'll be sending emails out again this week. So baptisms are next week. We've also placed the connect card in your chair. So everybody grab a connect card and I want you to wave it at me so that I know that you actually touched one. Here's, here's the thing. There are people, I'm guilty of this. Like I, I know, I know that you're sitting out there right now because I've done this on several occasions. You go somewhere and they give you, hey, fill this out. Give us your information. You're like, nope, not doing it. You come two weeks later, nope, still not doing it. And then six months goes by, and you wonder why you're not getting any communication from the church. Like, you wonder why you don't know what's going on. You wonder why you're not getting the emails. You're wondering why you didn't know Family Day was last week. Like, like you're like, why didn't I get the information? Knucklehead, is because you never gave us your phone number and your email. All right, so make sure you fill out those connect cards. Hey, also, if you could help us out, if you've moved in the last 6 to 12 months, if you could fill that out with your correct information, I know many of you have moved or, or maybe uh, you're moving, whatever the case may be, we just want to make sure we have your, your correct information. So please fill those out for us. We'll have some baskets at the end of service. You can just drop those uh, at the basket before you leave. So here we go. We're going to step into a, a new message today. Last week, we talked about the first three individuals that made their way to the tomb right after the resurrection. And I'll kind of mention them very quickly. The first one was Mary Magdalene. And how do we identify with Mary Magdalene? If we look back in Scripture at Luke chapter 8, verse 2, we see Mary for the first time. And, and, and Scripture tells us that Mary had seven spirits that were released from her body. She was completely consumed by the world, yet she was the first person that made it to the empty tomb first. And then we have someone like Peter. And how do we identify with Peter? Well, I identify with Peter because that's failure after following Jesus. Think back to Luke chapter 22, verse 54 through 62. It's when Peter denied Jesus three separate times. And I'll hit on that here in just a second. And then we have John. And John needed to be reminded that Jesus loves him even when he doesn't love himself. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need that reminder. Hey, Zach, Jesus loves you even when you don't like yourself sometimes. Jesus loves you when you're frustrated with some of your decisions. Jesus loves you when, when you're frustrated with your own attitude. Jesus loves you even when you're frustrated with life. And, and I want to talk to the people in the room that, that feel like they just keep missing the mark. Because last week we had a phenomenal Easter Sunday and, and I told you about family day and I told you about some of the highlights. But sometimes in life we just miss the mark. I've been picking on Peter for the past few weeks but I want to dive into his story a little more because Peter just always missed the mark. One of my favorite uh, things about last week was our dunk tank. And I love, I loved getting up on top 
of the dunk take. And some of y'all were so convinced that you were going to dunk me that you grabbed the balls with confidence and you threw them and you completely missed the mark. Like I had, I had some of the youth come up and they were confident. Like we're going to dunk him, we're going to dunk No, y'all were terrible. Some of the adults came up. One adult in particular, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on this person because I know for a fact they're not here today. And I know for a fact that they're, you're going to watch this later. I won't, I won't call them out per se, but this adult was a collegiate athlete back in the day. All right, this person's a little older than me now. But she steps up, whoops, I mean, they, they step up, and she grabbed one of the balls with confidence, and she threw it, and the first one, I think, skipped there. I'm like, you were 20 feet away, like, you played volleyball, at least, I figured you would at least throw it straight. The second time she threw the ball at the target, she missed the mark. Now, here was the rule, you only got two throws. The problem is, this person was convinced that on the third throw, she would make she would make the mark. So she, I think she took it from a little kid or something. She's like, oh, give me that ball. Took it from her own son and like threw it again and completely missed the mark. So Zach Brock, when you watch this later, ask Anna. I mean, <laughs> Zach, was she mad going home? I know you're going to be watching this. Anna, I'm sorry. I'm calling you out. You're not here. They're on vacation day. So I told him I'd call him out. But Anna, here's, here's the good news. You didn't have the worst throw. There he is. The worst. <laughs> Sometimes we miss the mark, Sam. It's, it's, Sam, I'll, I'll tell you this. Sam, you had the best arm, the strongest arm. I mean, Sam, Sam grabbed this ball with confidence. I think he might have dislocated his shoulder. When, how many people were standing over there when I'm about to tell this story? Okay, um, so... <laughs> I'll, let me just finish the story. So Sam's like convinced. He throws the first one. And like I'm, I'm doing like any good person sitting on top of the seat in the dunk tank. I'm talking a lot of junk. Like a lot of junk. And so I could just see Sam boiling a little bit. He's like, no, I, I got this. He's trying to warm up the arm a little bit. He gets the second ball, and he gives everything he has behind that ball. The, <laughs> the problem is... The problem is it sailed a little bit on him. Not only did he, he's putting his head down every time I tell this, not only did he miss the target, he missed the whole yellow backdrop. That sucker sailed 40 feet and hit a car. Here's the problem. There's some weirdo that was in their car that stopped, thought they were in trouble, and then sped off. So if you were driving the white car last week and Sam hit your car, we want to fix the dent. Are you in here right now? No. That person's never coming back to the church at all. <laughs> if you're watching this online, you got a dent in your, the right passenger side of your car. We want to fix the dent. But Sam missed the mark. But some, sometimes we live life that way. We just, we just miss the mark. The problem about missing the mark is it often happens when we put everything behind it and we feel like we're going in the right direction. Man, you, you felt like you were in the right relationship. You put everything behind it, only to find out you slightly missed the mark. You thought you were supposed to start the business. You had the finances. You had the business plan lined up. You put everything you had behind it, and you felt like you just slightly missed the mark. 
We all, we all feel like we miss the mark sometimes. We put everything in one singular direction. Again, only to find out that we've missed the mark. Let's go back and look at Peter and what we've learned over the past few weeks. What I know about Peter is that Peter was an all-in type of guy. I mean, think about it. He was the one that walked on water. He was all-in until he sank. The, the Pharisees and the Sadducees come to arrest Jesus. What does Peter do? That sucker cuts off somebody's ear. Like he, he was all in. He wanted to protect Jesus. And then he slightly missed the mark. I mean, think about what we talked about last week. Peter was the one that ran right into the tomb. He, he didn't wait. He went right in. Now John says, listen, I ran faster than he did. But, but Peter went in first. He went right in the tomb. He was all in. Think back to about three weeks ago, and this is where we're picking up our scripture today. And I was talking about the disciples, and I was talking about Peter in particular. He says, hey, boys, I'm going fishing. Some of the other disciples say, all right, we'll, we'll go too. So they go fishing all night, and scripture says they didn't catch anything. And they were in their boat, and, and they saw this guy walking on the shore. And the guy yells out, hey, fellas, have you caught any fish? And they respond, no, we've been fishing all night. We haven't caught anything. And the guy on the shore says, hey, try throwing your net to the right side of the boat. They didn't hesitate. They're like, all right, well, we tried everything else. So grabbed the net, threw it onto the right side of the boat. And Scripture says that they were hauling in so many fish, they couldn't even get the net inside the boat. And as they were looking on shore, they recognized that the voice that was calling out to them was who? It was Jesus. It was after the resurrection. And, and Peter, in his recognition, Scripture says that he dove into the water. He was all in. He dove into the water, and he starts swimming towards Jesus. The Bible goes on to tell us that, that Jesus was there. The disciples made it to shore. He's got a fire ready for him, and he's making breakfast. He says, hey, fellas, let's, let's go sit down and talk. And that's where we're picking up our Scripture in John chapter 21, starting in verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lamb. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time. He responds back, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now listen to these next two verses. Verse 18, very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted to. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and they will lead you where you don't want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the type of death of, by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. Verse 20, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved because he was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and he said, Lord, who's going to betray you? And when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? What about that guy? What about that disciple? Tell me what's going to happen to him. I know what you've said about me, but tell me what's going to happen to John. And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is it to you? You must follow me. 
See, Peter denies Jesus three times, and Jesus asks Peter if he loves him three separate times. Now, there's a lot of speculation by numerous theologians as to why Jesus would ask Peter three times. Is that a representation of Peter denying Jesus? Is, is, Peter, is Jesus making sure that, that Peter's going to give his life? Regardless of what theologians would discuss, this is what we know. Peter missed the mark, and he missed it bad. Peter denied Jesus three separate times. Even when you've missed the mark, he didn't make a mistake in calling you. Because we've all, we've all missed the mark. We, we've all been there. You can fill in your own blank. I can give you some examples, but maybe you're, maybe you're in the room and you've just been blackout drunk more times than you care to admit. And I'm not talking like you have a few drinks. I'm talking like during the week, you're getting blacked out and you can barely make it to work on time. Man, you, you, have, you have an alcohol addiction. You've missed the mark. Maybe there's some people in the room. Maybe you've had sex before marriage. You've missed the mark. Maybe you're, maybe you're like me and you're going down 77 and somebody cuts you off and some words come out of your mouth that you probably couldn't say from a stage on a Sunday morning. Okay, no, not y'all just judging me right now. That's okay. But when people come here, I get frustrated. I'm like, well, are you kidding me? My wife's got to calm me down. You're being an aggressive driver. You're being an aggressive driver. <laughs> oh, y'all can clap for that, but y'all can't clap for Jesus. Okay. You can clap for judgment, but you can't clap for grace. But may maybe you're a parent in the room, and maybe you've yelled at your kid one time too many when you couldn't control your own anger, you're not necessarily frustrated just with them, but, but then you get frustrated of how you responded to them. Like, why didn't you respond with more compassion? Why didn't you respond with more grace? And you just missed the mark in, in parenting. Maybe, maybe you got in that argument with your spouse, and some of y'all are living in that argument right now. I can, I can say this. I don't think we're in an argument right now, but there's been some Sundays more. Are we in an argument right now? We're not, right? Okay. It's a way to get out of it. Like, she, she said no in front of everybody. <laughs> but I've showed up to church on Sunday mornings in an argument with Jenna, and then she's sitting six feet away from me while I'm supposed to be preaching the gospel message. I've just, I've just missed the mark. I'm human. We've all, we've all missed the mark. Maybe you weren't there for that family member or that friend when you needed to be. We've all missed the mark. It's one thing to miss the mark, but it's a different level of missing the mark when you let other people down. See, sometimes we miss the mark and you're like, oh man, that, that affected me. But when it starts affecting other people, that's when we start feeling the weight of that guilt and that shame. Sometimes we just miss the mark. I was in a kickball tournament, Corey's kickball tournament last summer. Here's my shameless plug. We have a church team uh, this year. We're excited for this kickball tournament. But we were playing this second game and, uh, man, I'm, I'm coming up to kick, and it's like one of those must-win games because it, it's, there's bragging rights involved. This was like the game that we couldn't lose. And your boy comes up to kick, and I'm confident. I'm like, here we go. Like, I'm an athlete. Here we go. The problem is I struck out in kickball. <laughs> like, how do you strike out in kickball? Uh, we're, we're there, and, and Luke just like hit. Luke's eyes get really big. Riley just flat out denies me, and Brandy wouldn't look at me for the next 15 minutes. Like, I they just shun me from the team. And here I go. I'm, I'm the pitcher, so I'm, you know, I'm pitching or whatever. I come up to bat. The next time I come up to bat, I kick an inside the park home run. No big deal. No, that's when you clap. Okay, you can clap for Jenna making fun of me, but you can't clap. <laughs> next time I come up, I, I kick a triple. 
I had to remember that there was still more game to play. Remember the illustration that I used last week with Roy Regal. He recovered that fumble. He ran the wrong direction 65 yards, and, and his teammate had to tackle him before he went to the, into the opposing team's end zone. And then his coach had to remind him at halftime, the game is only half over. Of course, you missed the mark in that play, but the game's only half over. We've all missed the mark in our life, but this is what I know. As long as you're breathing, you still have a purpose, and you can still turn it all around regardless of what you're going through in life, even when you miss the mark, when Jesus calls you, he calls your past and your present. Look at verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Remember that his name was changed from Simon to Peter. Jesus had been calling Peter, Peter for three years And then when Jesus sees Peter after the resurrection, he goes back to his old name. Hey, Simon, son of John. What's going on here? Three separate times. He says, Simon, son of John. Simon, son of John. Simon, son of John. Do you love me? Many theologians would suggest that that Jesus was calling to Peter's past. Jesus was saying, you know what, Peter, I know, I know you've messed up, but I want to go all the way back from the beginning when I called you. When I called you the first time, I didn't make a mistake. When I called you and you denied me, I didn't make a mistake. I called you and you denied me three separate times, but I want you to know when I called you, I didn't make a mistake. Simon, son of John, do you love me? When Jesus calls you, he already knows what's in your past. When Jesus calls you, he already knows your failure. He already knows your fear. He already knows your mistakes. He already knows what you did in middle school and high school and college. He already knows the skeletons in your closet. He already knows the things that you've tried to bury from everyone else in society. He already knows it. And the beautiful thing about it is he still calls to it. He says, hey, I want you, and I don't just want you where you are now. I don't want you just to where you're going in the future. I want every single bit of you. And some of us in the room feel like we can't get close to Jesus because of our past. And if you feel like you can't get close to Jesus because of your past, what you're saying is this. Without saying it, you're saying that your past is stronger than Jesus. You're saying that your past is stronger than the stripes on his back. You're saying that your past is stronger than the scars in his hands. You're saying that your past is too great for Jesus to overcome. We can recognize that Jesus overcame hell, death, and the grave, but Jesus can do that, but he can't have my past. Simon, son of John, do you love me? When Jesus calls you, he calls your past and your present. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 lets us know that for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. But notice how Jesus interacts with Peter. Again, think back to last week. Peter denies Jesus three times, and we dove into Scripture a little bit, and we recognized, for me it was for the first time, I recognized that Peter was so close to Jesus when he was denying him that Jesus could actually hear him. Well, Zach, how do you know that? Because Scripture says the third time that Peter denied Jesus, Jesus looked at him. And glanced in his eyes. So he had to be close enough to where there was eye contact. I can imagine, I mean, first three rows, man, I can see you point blank. Fourth row, I got you. After the fourth row, it's kind of hard to see you in your eyes. So I imagine that Jesus was in earshot. And still he chooses to ask Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He called to his past. And to his present. 
But my dad, my dad used to say this as a good reminder to everybody in the room. You're not as good as you think you are, and you're not as bad as they say you are. Nobody in the room is as good as you think you are. I don't care on your best days. You know those days that you're just feeling yourself? Those days where you feel like whatever you touch is going to turn to gold? Those days that you feel like you can't miss the mark? You ain't that good. But we've all had those days where we feel like people are talking about us, that we feel like people see those skeletons in our closet, that we feel like people are, are judging us and condemning us. Listen, you're not as good as you think you are, and you're not as bad as people say you are. When Jesus calls you, he calls your past and your present, even in the moments where you've missed the mark. But most importantly, even when you miss the mark, Jesus calls you. When he calls you, he calls you. Zach, what are you talking about? Verse 20. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This is the one who leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who's going to betray you? And when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? What, what, about, what about John? What, what's going to happen to John? I, I've been guilty of that in my life. Jesus, I, I'll follow you, but, but what about my sister? I'll follow you, but what, 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 about, what about my spouse? What, what about my kids? And, and see, when we, when we get personal with this, it's like, when we get personal with it, it's like, well, was it bad to ask, is it bad to ask that question? And I had to wrestle back and forth. Like, I want to I know what's going to happen. Like, I want to know what's going to happen to my friends. I want to know what's going to happen to my, my family. I don't know if that's what's, I don't know if that's what's going on here. I wonder, I wonder if Peter was just like a little, a little too uncomfortable with the attention. <laughs> like Jesus just asked him three times, are you going to follow me? He's like, I think I gave the right answer. I gave the same answer three times. I hope it's the right answer. Jesus, you know I love you. I'm going to follow you. Peter gets so uncomfortable. He's like, hey, what about John? <laughs> Can we talk about somebody else? <laughs> I don't like all the attention on me. Does anybody else, you don't have to raise your hand, but, but internalize it. Does anybody else ever have those conversations with God? It's like we want to pray for everybody else so we don't have to pray for the own junk in our life. We want to pray for everybody else's shortcomings. We want to pray for everybody else's anger and everybody else's depression and everybody else's anxiety and everybody else's marriages and everybody else's kids. And, and, and we don't necessarily want to pray about us because then what happens? We start looking at us and then we feel God talking to us and then we feel like God's telling us to change some stuff. Hey, Simon, son of John, do you love me? I want, I want your past. I want your present. Simon, son of John, do you love me? The problem with Peter in this moment is he gets his eyes off of Jesus and he starts looking at other people. Hey, what about John? And I can have that tendency. Hey, hey, God, I hear you on me. What about Matt? Hey, I hear you on me. What about Greg? What about Jenna? Hey, hey I, hear, I hear you on me. What about, what, what about? And Jesus' response is this. Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? We can get so fixated on other people's journeys that we forget about our own. And what I've recognized in this moment is that Jesus gets more frustrated with Peter that he's concerned about another disciple opposed to Peter actually missing the mark. Peter makes his way to shore. What does Jesus have prepared? He has breakfast ready for the disciples. He says, hey, Peter, hey, listen, hey, bud, I know you messed up. I, I, know, I know you denied me, but, but come over here, grab some fish. Let, let's have breakfast. 
and he sits down and they start having breakfast with each other. Peter denied Jesus three separate times and Jesus' first response is, hey, let's grab some breakfast. Jesus didn't get frustrated with Peter that he missed the mark. Jesus didn't get frustrated with Peter that he denied Jesus three times. Now, he addressed it. Jesus isn't going to deny, like Jesus isn't going to just ignore your sin. We're going to address sin. Romans 6:23 for the wages of sin is death. Sin is a very real thing, but the gift of God is eternal life. We have to talk about both. We are all sinful, broken creatures. We need redemption. We need Jesus. Jesus says, hey, come have breakfast with me. Jesus didn't get frustrated that Peter denied him. Jesus got frustrated when Peter got his eyes off of Jesus and started looking at other people. I I, I hope, I hope that we can grasp that this morning. See, too many people can't follow their journey and direction because they're too focused on other people. And if you focus yourself as much, if you focus on yourself, as much as you focus on other people, I promise you would be further along in your life. You're letting too many people live in your head rent-free. You're letting too many situations live in your head rent-free. They're just taking up space. It's taking up thought process. Don't be fixated on other people. I promise you, not as many people think about you as you think think about you. There is not that many people concerned with your life. We, we like get on this hamster wheel in our own brains. Well, I wonder what so-and-so is thinking. I wonder what so-and-so is thinking. I wonder what that girl from 11th grade is thinking about. Girl, she, they ain't thought about you in 10 years. Like, come on. You break up with somebody. I wonder what she's thinking about me. Now, she ain't. She moved on. She already got somebody else's number last night. Like, it's okay. Move on. Don't replay it in your head even when you've missed the mark. He wants your past and your present. Why? So he can call you into your future. Verse 17. The third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. And then he said in verse 19, follow me do you love me then follow me we read in 17 17 through 19 and Jesus is talking to Peter he said hey listen when you were young you got he said you get you got dressed when you wanted to and you went where you wanted you basically you got to do exactly what you wanted to do when you're older somebody else is going to dress you somebody else is going to walk you around and scripture says that, that was an indication of how Peter was going to die, that when he died, he was going to give glory to God. Peter, do you love me? Follow me. What if, what if Jesus, like, came down from heaven right now and he stood in front of you and he said something like, hey, do you love me? Now, I'm I'm clearly not Jesus, but what if Jesus stood in front of you and said, hey, do, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Remember, he was, he was sitting down with Peter at breakfast, and, and Matt, he said, hey, do you, do you love me? R- regardless of your phase in life, regardless of what you went to, Jesus stands in front of you and says, hey, do you, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? He says, hey, if you love me, then, 
didn't follow me. It's very easy for me, I would think, it's very easy to answer that question, especially in a setting like this. We're at church. If the pastor came in front of you and said, hey, do you love Jesus? I would be willing to bet that 90% plus would say, yep, I'm all in. I'm all in. But what if Jesus stood in front of you at the moment of your worst decision in your life that you feel like you've ever made? Peter just denied Jesus three times. This is only three days later. Some of y'all, it takes you three years to get over a decision that you made. And it wasn't even that big of a deal. I shouldn't have dated that person three years ago. Stop thinking about them and you can get over them. Stop looking at their Instagram page and you can get over them. But what if, what if Jesus stood in front of you, your lowest, darkest moment of your life, and said something along the lines of, do you love me Peter goes listen God you know all things and, and I imagine I imagine that the reason he said that hey hey Jesus you know all things I think that was a catch-all for hey you know I cut that dude's ear off that that was a catch-all from hey you know I tried to walk on water and I and I sank that was a catch-all from hey hey Jesus three days ago you stood right beside me and I denied you three times for me it's a catch all of hey hey Jesus you know where I you know I've made mistakes you know the arguments that, that me and Jenna have gotten into you know where I've fallen short as a husband you know where I've fallen short as a dad you know where I've fallen short as a son you know where I've fallen short as a friend and, and when I look at Jesus Jesus hey you know you know all things. And what I love about Jesus' response isn't, well, clean your life up. And you, you got you to do this, this, and this. It's not this list of rules and regulations. What does Jesus say? He says, follow me. Follow me. So all across this room with every head bowed and every eye closed. Man, what if, what if Jesus is truly standing in front of you and he says do you love me for the next couple minutes we're going to step into worship hey you can stand if you want to but, but this is what I really want in this moment I don't want to show I want some introspective thought I want you to really wrestle with the question do you love me Peter had to wrestle with it. That's why Jesus asked him three times. The first one, yeah, it's easy to say yes. Second time, it gets a little uncomfortable. The third time, you have to recognize that Jesus already knows everything about you. And when he calls you, he calls your past and your present so that you can walk into your future. Do you love me?
Okay, so for some of you, it's uncomfortable to, to sit, sit in silence or just to sit with music playing because you've never really sat with Jesus. You've never really allowed Jesus to peel back the layers of your heart or, or peel back the layers of your mind. So even saying, I'll make room for you is a little uncomfortable. God, I'll give you room in my life, but I'll only give you certain areas. I'll give you room in my life, but I'm only going to give you the areas that I feel comfortable giving you because I feel like I can manage this stuff on the side. And you can have, you can have the big stuff, but, but I'll, I'll, keep the, I'll keep the stuff that I'm not proud of to the side. And God says, no, if, if we're going to do this thing, then I need all of it. If we're going to do this thing, then, then making room means clearing it out. Making room means giving me access to everything, an all-access pass. So God, we make room. We make room. Scripture says this in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It says, For the wages of sin is death. We talked about it last week. We talk about it every week. But the gift of God is eternal life. So, one more time with every head bowed and every eye closed. The wages of sin is death. There's no denying that, regardless of how good you think you are, you're not that good. You're not that good. You have sin in your life. We're all sinful, broken creatures. The Bible tells us that humanity was separated from God. But God did something crazy and he sent his son to live a perfect, blameless life. He was crucified on a cross. He was buried in a grave and three days later he rose from the dead. So that my sins and your sins could be forgiven. When he hung on the cross, he took the sins of the world. He took the shame of the world. He took the brokenness of the world. And when he was buried, he went to hell and he took the keys of hell, death, and the grave and he conquered it so that you and I wouldn't have to experience an eternity separated from God the Father. For the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life maybe you've never made a decision to step into a relationship with Jesus at Multiply Church we believe that the most important decision you could ever make in your entire life is to step into a relationship with Jesus to give your life fully to him maybe you've never given your life fully to Jesus. Maybe you've been that person that said, hey, you can have a little bit of it, but you can't have all of it. And this morning, God says, no, I want all of it. I want your past. I want your present so that I can lead you into your future. 
On the count of three, if that's you, you want to step into a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to ask you to slip your, your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward. But we're going to say a prayer collectively. On the count of three, if that's you, just slip those hands up. Ready? One, two, three. If you're saying, Pastor, man, that's me. Wow. Wow. You can put those hands right back down. Wow. And if you would say this prayer, would you say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to live wide awake to your love and fully alive to my purpose. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Hey, can we give it up for the four people that just accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Man, that's something to be excited about. If that was you, if you raised your hand for the very first time, or maybe it was a rededication of your life right outside these doors to the left, we have our wide awake and fully alive area. And we have a team that wants to get to know you and your story. Because like we said, it's the most important decision you could ever make, but it's just the beginning. Following Jesus is day in and day out. Listen, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed this week. Next week, we'll be starting our new series. Same time, same place. We'll see you then as we continue to love Jesus and change the world. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, thanks for joining us today at Multiply Church. We can't wait to see you again next week, either in person or online, as we continue to love Jesus and change the world.